The 49ers blew it in the Super Bowl again, but what does that mean for the Rams? That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley, and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rams, your daily podcast covering your Los Angeles Rams, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked on Rams, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't yet, do us a huge favor. Join the party, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and let us know what is your reaction to the 49ers losing to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and do you think that Sean McVay is a better head coach than Kyle Shanahan, and why? My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. Sports Illustrated, 24-7 Sports, Dodgers Nation, now the Rams 4 locked on. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He just finished his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams, the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. And on today's episode, the 49ers blow it again in the Super Bowl. How does that impact the Rams moving forward? Is Brock Purdy a threat to the Rams? Why Sean McVay is superior to Kyle Shanahan? But first, this episode of Locked On Rams is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Now, Travis, the 49ers, they had this Super Bowl in the palm of their hand. It's so many opportunities to get this done. But what a time to be a Rams fan. <laughs> the team won the Super Bowl recently, but you've watched the 49ers choke and cough away three Super Bowls that they probably should have won. And I think that lots to get into on this one. But, hey, 49ers, they lose again. I know that's what you, a lot of you guys wanted out there. Yeah, I, you know, when the team that's in your division uh, goes to the Super Bowl, obviously you're not loving that. And then you see the team that's in your division blow the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, the, the, it's funny because, you know, I'm sure that for several weeks and months looking forward that 49er fans will look at it one way, the Kansas City fans will look at it the other, that Patrick Mahomes did what he does. But there were a whole bunch of decisions in that game for the 49ers that are hard to kind of justify more, more than anything else. The, the decision to take the ball first in overtime, which was just bizarre. Uh, it, it sounds like listening to some of the quotes from the 49ers players that they didn't know the rules of, of Super Bowl overtime, of playoff overtime. That's on the coaching staff 100%. That's something that they should have addressed. I heard Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey talking about they were very comfortable with the overtime rules because they had gone over them, you know, all week long, all division game long, all conference game. They, they knew the rules, so they were comfortable in that situation. And like you said, Kyle Shanahan's been on the wrong side of three Super Bowl uh, situations where they've had somewhere between a pretty good lead and an enormous lead. And he hasn't punched his ticket yet, so uh, there, there's a lot going on right there for sure. It was it was a terrible game right up until it became a great game, and it was just a, it's a very strange night. 
Yeah, absolutely. And just kind of, we can start at the end and kind of move backwards because sure. that's a great point right there as far as not taking the ball first or as far as taking the ball first and letting the Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs team know one, what they're up against, and two, yep. they're immediately in four down territory, right? right? There's no way that the Chiefs, as good as they are, as aggressive as they can be at times, they would be going for it on their own territory right there on four down. They would have probably kicked the field goal possibly had they made it in the Niners territory, but the four downs put themselves in a bad spot. And then even after said the chiefs said after the game that, that they had won the toss that they would have kicked it. Right. So sure. I think that the team has the advantage that knows what they're going up against. It knows that they're going to be in four down territory. And then you add the fact that you do get the ball and you get the ball in the red zone, but you play not to lose everyone in that stadium, everyone on that field, the millions and millions of people watching around the world knew that as soon as Jake Moody trotted out there to kick a field goal, it didn't matter what happened on that play, unless they were going to fake and go for a touchdown. Right. Everyone in the planet <laughs> on the planet knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to lead that team to a drive. So that's where I think that, that Kyle Shanahan really, has some issues, right? I mean, everyone knew what Chris Jones was doing. And Chris Jones, he was absolutely beasting up the middle. You don't get him in a situation where he's rolling out, has some options, and it's a conservative call there, and you kick that field goal, and the game was over. Yeah, look, I, I think you're right. I, number one, field goals are not going to beat Patrick Mahomes. They're just not. You know, you and I have been talking about this since the playoffs started. I'm not picking against him. Like, until somebody beats him, I'm not picking against him because – he, he's entered that class of athletes where the only thing that is surprising is if it doesn't happen. Like, you know, whether it's with Jordan or whether it was with Tiger and, you know, there's probably Tom Brady, quite frankly, some guys that just the only surprise is if they don't get it done when they needed a field goal at the end of regulation you knew that they were going to get it if they didn't get a touchdown. And once they got the ball back in overtime, you knew that the worst thing that was going to happen for the Kansas City Chiefs was they'd kick a field goal and they'd keep playing, right? That they were likely to score a touchdown. I understand what Kyle Shanahan is thinking that, you know, to go for what was that, about fourth and four or so from about where they were. I, I get it. That's a really tough spot. It's a short field. And if you don't get it, everyone's saying, what the hell are you doing? Well, the answer to what the hell you're doing are they got number 15 over there. A field goal is not going to beat that guy. I have to score a touchdown. That's my only chance to beat him. And they didn't. And 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 I think that he's going to have some of those questions. And the decision to, to take the ball to open overtime was a huge mistake. I would imagine that as he's around this a little bit more, maybe as the sting starts to fade a little bit over the next weeks and months and years or whatever, however long it's going to take for that to happen, you, you you take the ball second. This is why the college overtime thing, the team always takes the ball second because you want to know what it is that you have to do. What do I have to match? What can I beat? And to your point, the best part is I know I got to go for it on fourth down. If I have the ball second and, and a field goal doesn't work, I have to go for it. Changes play calling. It changes the way you can attack it. It changes the way the defense has to uh, go up against you. It was, it was a mistake on his part. And, you know, whether or not uh, he'll learn from that mistake, whether or not he'll get an opportunity to learn from that mistake, I think that's a big question. And this is this is why this stuff is so much fun and so hard because there is no guarantee he'll ever get another shot to do it. They, you know, they might. They might never get another shot. You just never know. So when you get there, you better punch your ticket like Sean McVay did. Absolutely. And, look, I don't care what anyone says. This was an absolute failure and I'm not going to call it a choke job, but it was a failure. It was an absolute yeah. failure by Kyle Shanahan. And, of course, all these coaches, all these players, 
you talk to some of these guys and it's really not the last play of the game, the last sequence of the game that bothers them. It's the plays that led into it, right? Yeah. The third quarter. And that's, I think, is what will keep Shanahan up at night. That third quarter when that all the momentum, you get an interception towards midfield and you're not able to capitalize. You had three straight three and outs with Kansas City and you weren't able to just step on their throat, take control of that football game and you would have won the game. And then you also look at the other side of the ball too with Wilkes. I mean, he's rushing five and six in the fourth and overtime. So they knew what they were doing. And that's what I think was the big issue. So many tells from the 49ers. I mean, even in the third quarter with the empty backfield, right? You were telling the, the Kansas City Chiefs what you were going to do. So look, yeah. I just think that Kyle Shanahan, great play caller, not a great football coach. But I just it, it, I, you look it, at it, open his ring box right now, you'll see zero <laughs> rings. Okay, it's, it, no, he doesn't have one. I, I and I wonder if the Purdy of it all. And Purdy was good. He didn't throw an interception. He was he was good enough, right? But you wonder if just that. That little thing in the back of your brain just makes don't take a chance with this guy. Don't take a chance with this guy. Don't do the thing that Mahomes is going to do, that Stafford is going to do, that Josh Allen is going to do, that don't take a chance with him. Just try to hold on because you were afraid he was going to make that big mistake. It just felt like there was a couple of chances for a knockout blow that they didn't take because it felt like they didn't trust Brock Purdy. 100%. And look, if Brock Purdy was your guy, do what Sean McVay did. Know that you got to trade get Jared Goff to get your yeah. Matthew Stafford. But bottom line, he had leads at 25, 10, and 10 as an offensive coordinator and a head coach of the Super Bowl. Wasn't able to get it done. But we're going to continue to unpack the Super Bowl and what it means for the Rams. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit coming up next here on Locked on Rams. All right, let's talk about prize picks. Uh, football season, uh, it's over, but there's still tons to do at prize picks. Number one, put that prize picks app on your phone. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and join the number one fantasy sports app that already has over 3 million members. It's easy and it's exciting to play daily fantasy sports. You just pick more or less than on two to six stat projections and you can watch your winnings roll in. And right now, it's demon time on prize picks. You can win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks, and you can turn $10 into 1000 bucks. There's demons and there's goblins. They're the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. Like I said, you can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks, right? Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball is right around the corner. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use that code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. And we're off running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for being a Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Also, a special shout out to our every listeners out there watching and listening to every single episode. We appreciate you. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you guys. And thank you for rocking with us all season last year, the playoffs, and the upcoming draft. We got so much to get into for agency. So be sure to stay locked on to your Rams here. But here, Travis, in the second segment, we're going to talk about Brock Purdy. Now, Brock Purdy 
there's always this discourse about Brock Purdy. How good is he? Is he Mr. Relevant? Is he a top 10 quarterback? But I just want to say thank you so much to the Kansas City Chiefs because <laughs> we don't have to talk about Brock Purdy being a top five quarterback in this league, at least for another offseason. No, you not the top, the top five thing was always, you know, eye-rollingly silly. Um, they they have a really interesting situation on their hands. He he was fine yesterday. You, you did not watch that game yesterday and say, oh, the reason they lost is because Brock Purdy didn't do what he was supposed to do. I don't think that's what it is. The question is, could you ask for more from someone else? And I think the answer to that is yes. It's not unlike where the Rams were with Jared Goff a few seasons ago, which is we have this incredible team. We have these incredible weapons. We have our window is wide open. We have a head coach that knows how to get us into the position to go and compete for a Super Bowl. But can we make the big play at the big moment with the right guy? That's what the Chiefs had. The Chiefs have had that three times in the last five years. It's what the Niners had when they had their moments, what Brady had forever and ever. And the Niners just don't seem to have that guy. So the question is, do you try to go and get better at that spot at the expense of some other things? Or do you kind of evaluate what it is you have and say, this is about as good as we can do right here? They're, they're, it's right on the line, right? I think that they probably will run it back. I think that having him and not having him make any real money as far as by NFL standards goes uh, gives them an advantage so they can spend some of that money in other places. But to get that close with a guy, and it just felt like they wouldn't quite cut him loose when they needed to. Uh, I, I think it's a question they'll probably have behind closed doors. They'll, they'll probably never admit it, but it feels like that's what they need to do. Yeah, he's not the reason why they lost. Brock right. Purdy didn't throw a bunch of interceptions no. and fumble the football. He had one touchdown. And, of course, the blocking on Chris Jones there on that last play, I mean, that definitely did them in right there. But he was looking for Jennings, right? Jawan Jennings on that play. I mean, where was Debo Samuel? Where was Ayuk? I mean, he had three catches on 11 targets for Debo Samuel. Ayuk has three catches. Kittle, two catches for four yards, right? What the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs did is they neutralized the 49ers' best playmakers, right? And when you do that, then you look at Brock Purdy because his role is, okay, I'm the point guard, right? I'm just distributing. I'm just distributing, right? But when you take that away, can he make plays? Definitely made some nice plays, right? To use check, we breaks the pocket and rolls out, makes some nice plays. But I think this whole idea that, okay, Brock Purdy is an elite quarterback, it's just not the reality, right? No. I mean, great players, great quarterbacks win Super Bowls. And I don't think Brock Purdy is trash or just some backup quarterback or anything like that. But I think if you're the Rams moving forward, hey, Brock Purdy doesn't scare me. No, he doesn't. And, and I think that's the rub, right? That Can he keep the train on the tracks? Sure. Can he do the thing that makes you go, we just won the game because of that dude? Uh, time will tell, I guess. I mean, he kind of did that against the uh, in the NFC Championship game to send them there against the Lions. Two big plays with his legs. Um, we saw him come back from behind against Green Bay in the divisional round where he was really good on the final drive after not being very good early in the game right there. Um, it is only his second year in the league. There is some some room for growth there. Uh, put put it to you this way. I guess I guess if you're just getting right down to the brass tacks of it all, as a Rams person, do I like seeing Brock Purdy on the field with the game on the line? Yes, I do. Right? Like as a Rams fan, like this is not Josh Allen over there. It's certainly not Patrick Mahomes. It's not even quite frankly, like seeing Goff at the end of that Lions game, it's like, all right, he's got it going here a little bit. But Purdy, it's 
show me again. Like, I'm going to need to see it a few more times, and it just doesn't strike that fear in me the way that some of those other guys do. And, and that's the question that the Niners have to answer. He really does it. And look, here's the thing. If you don't have the muff punt, right, if you don't have some of the fumbles, he's probably Rock a Super Bowl champion, right? Yeah. And people are saying, oh, my gosh, the Mr. Irrelevant wins the Super Bowl. But the fact is, look, you had opportunities to make plays. Sometimes it's not about the offensive coordinator. Sometimes it's it's about the quarterback, the guy who has the ball in his hands. He has so much control over the game. And the bottom line is he just didn't do enough down the stretch and play like that superstar like Mahomes is. And, of course, compare him to Mahomes is an unfair comparison, yeah. right, because he might go yeah. down as the best quarterback of all time. Yeah. I actually think that a – on a side here, anyone who says that they would draft Tom Brady over Patrick Mahomes is a damn liar. It would literally be every all 32 teams would yeah. pick Mahomes over Brady in their primes. He can do exactly. things that Brady can't do. He can run the football. Look at the scrambles. Look at the arm angles. It's not a comparison, okay? If you want to point to rings, then don't tell me Bill Russell is a better player than Michael Jordan, okay? Still has... A lot to prove, but yeah, what's your thoughts on that as a little side? I mean, the whole, yeah, he, whole thing. He, he's getting started, right? He's not even 30 yet. And I like what you're saying, like just the physical tools that he brings to the game with the ability to make plays with his legs. We know what sort of arm talent he has to make off platform throws and all those sorts of things. Here's the other thing, like what made Brady Brady was he was incredibly accurate and incredibly smart, right? He's no smarter than Mahomes. When was the last time you saw Patrick Mahomes make a bad decision? Doesn't happen very often, right? And and, and on the the rare occasion that he does, he covers it pretty well. You know, with with the next series of plays that he gets out there, I, I do think that we need to be a little careful about saying you know that Mahomes or excuse me that Purdy did not have you know wasn't able to do what Mahomes says. Nobody does, right? Like that. that to, to, if that's the comparison, everyone else sucks. If, if Mahomes is the only guy that, well, he's not as good as him, well, then fine. Then the other 31 guys in the league all suck because he's better than everybody else. He might be better than anybody that's ever done this. We'll see how it unfolds from here. You know, no one in the history of the Super Bowl has ever won three Super Bowls in a row. He's got an opportunity to do that. He's on a list with Joe Montana and Tom Brady as the only three-time Super Bowl MVPs or more in Brady's case. Uh, he's going to, he, he's, he's not 30. I mean, it's it's crazy how good he's been. He's going to get better. Keep Andy Reid there. They're going to have to find another weapon or two offensively. They got a really good defense. The Chiefs are they're they're really scary. As it has for the last five six years, everything runs through KC. They can they can be beat, but they're never going to hand you one. Yeah, it kind of goes back to Shanahan, man. You got to feel for that guy. You lose to Brady Mahomes, Brady. I mean, you look at the. Yep. The offensive coordinator also he had a 10 point lead against the Rams. So he lose to Stafford. And right. really, what this all points to is elite quarterbacks, not really good quarterbacks, future Hall of Famers, top 10 to 15 guys. Those who those are the guys that win and get it done in the NFL. The 49ers, when you had your run, who'd you have? You had Joe Montana and Steve Young. Yep. Brock Purdy isn't of that ilk. He's nope. not a future Hall of Famer. He's a fringe pro bowler, but then so is Tyler Huntley. Okay. So <laughs> that's what we're talking about. So I think we could end the Brock Purdy is an elite quarterback. The Brock Purdy is some franchise quarterback. He's good enough. Will be the reason why you win games. Patrick Mahomes yeah. is the single biggest reason why they won games. And yes, look, Shanahan didn't run the ball in the third quarter, got cute, got conserved, the CMC fumble, the special team fumbles, all that. But at the end of the day, everyone knows that Mahomes is inevitable. 
if he knows what he has to do to win a game, he's going to do it, and he did it once again. And the 49ers, unfortunately for them, they were on the other side. But coming up in our final segment, why we have an even bigger appreciation for Sean McVay after the 49ers blow another golden opportunity to win the Super Bowl. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. So DoorDash had the spot yesterday, right? The, the the spot where all of the other spots got folded into the DoorDash spot. It was just a great, great Super Bowl commercial. What a great football game that was. And as always, it's about the eating as well, right? It's about having that big party with everybody else. And DoorDash went all out for game day. They put all the ads into one lucky winner. Car, snacks, even tax software. They had you covered for sure. And that's what DoorDash is, right? It's the all-in app for your everyday needs. Restaurants, groceries, flowers, gifts. So the next time that you're running low on, I don't know where you want to go to eat to dinner, right? DoorDash. Perhaps, oh my gosh, I've got to get the dog food. DoorDash, or just time. You don't want to get off the couch, right? You can get so many more things done at DoorDash than you realize and all delivered right to your front door. So put that DoorDash app on your phone. DoorDash app on your phone. Whether it's a watch party or anything party you've got coming up, get it delivered with DoorDash. Get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, a consolation prize for your sad friends, all on DoorDash. Head to DoorDash app right now to get everything you need delivered. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Take a look at Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Travis, here in our third segment, we're talking about the golden boy, Mr. Travis, Mr. Uh, sorry about that, Mr. Sean McVay. They need to really move this. President's Day Super Bowl, the Monday <laughs> off. Okay, I'm not going to get to it. But also, actually, before we get to that, we want to point out, okay, we had our prop bets for the Taylor Swift thing, the over-under six shots of her during the yeah. game. It oh. was over 12. It oh, was over yeah, no, 12. she, like, I'm not one of these people that's going to jump up and down and, and be spitting mad every time they show her, but it was like, okay, I get it. I get it. She's famous. She's at the game. Got it. Next. No, I think I thought it was cool. I mean, she became the first woman, first female in NFL history to win the Super Bowl. I thought that was really cool to see <laughs> with my own eyes. But uh, just to let you know, just to follow up on last Indeed. week's episode. But in our third segment, Sean McVay, we've talked about extensively on this show how even if you had any choice of any coach in the league, it'd be Sean McVay. And I'm not here to trash Shanahan. Like I said, he literally is a genius when it comes to play calling. He's one of the most influential coaches in the league. But for me, sometimes it comes down to the juice. Do you have the juice? Do you have that ability to make your players believe and run through a wall for you? And I remember Super Bowl 56, fourth quarter, that clip of Sean McVay. It's 9.58 left in the game. He goes over and he yells at his players, let, let, let's believe, I, let's believe it and you'll be world champions. Believe it and you'll be world champions. You're going to, you're not going to regret playing the best ball with great execution. Be in the moment, one play at a time. Believe it and you'll be world champions. And you just feel that radiate off of Sean McVay. I just don't see that from Kyle Shanahan. And I think that's really what gets guys over the top in these situations. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways to do it, right? Like, like if you look at Andy Reid, I don't know if Andy Reid is a huge rah-rah guy, but it just it's trust, it's understanding, it's the ability to get your guys together to play their best when it matters the most. It's what McVay's incredible 
incredible at. It's what Reed is really, really good at. It's that ability to find the thing. And it's not one thing, right? Andy Reed does it very differently than Sean McVay does it, but they both do it. They get their guys to elevate their games at the best possible time and cash tickets. And that's what, what Kyle Shanahan has struggled to do at this point. Is he a good coach? Obviously, has he been look? Th- this is this kind of stuff we were talking about with Andy Reid 15 years ago. Oh, yeah, he gets close, but he never, yeah, well, now he's got three more, right? So these things can change along the way. But I, I think you're right, D Mac, that McVeigh is an emotional leader. He's obviously very, very bright and he's very good at putting together a game plan and play calling and all these other things. But he brings a certain amount of energy and enthusiasm and just juice to the sidelines. Shanahan's a little bit more reserved, he's a little bit more tactical in his body language and things like this and you know I, I don't know if that's the difference or not I just know that Sean McVay's style works for the Rams it works for him I think you need to be authentic to who you are and Shanahan feels like he's just slightly less animated I don't know if that's the difference or not doing it because Andy Reid's not particularly animated either and he just won for the second consecutive time but uh, I, I know this for sure I love having Sean McVay on the sidelines of my team. You're absolutely right. There's not one way to do it, but I think the difference between Andy Reid and Shanahan is Reid has kind of earned his stripes a little more as far as being a legend. And two, there's just a lovability to Andy Reid. I mean, just there's a little more emotion and likability as far as how he handles himself to the media. I mean, you look at how he handled the whole Travis Kelsey pushing thing, saying he loved that, right? What do they say about coaches? You handle stuff like that in private, but in the media, yeah. you defend your players. And that's exactly what he did. And what do you think about that, by the way? Mr. Swift kind of got a little out of hand there, didn't he? It was weird. Uh, I, yeah. Um, like, like you said, I, I'm sure at some point we're going to figure out exactly what. Look, there's no way. I, To your point, Andy Reid has been around this league long enough to know not to make a big deal out of it in the moment. I can't imagine that isn't something that made him at least go, dude, what are you? doing like you know first of all he could have knocked him over Andy Reid probably is not getting back up if he gets knocked over uh it was bizarre he was look Kelsey made some big plays at the end of the game so congratulations to him he's a multiple time Super Bowl champion as well but he was peaking towards the end of that game like he was the adrenaline the energy coming off that guy was there was a lot going on right there at the end of that game there was a lot going on. And like you said, the emotions and everything related to that. I think Kelsey, looking back, the optics of that just did not play well. No, uh, don't no. touch my Andy Reid. Okay. Right. <laughs> I love Andy Reid. Okay. And I'm not a Chiefs fan, an Eagles fan, but he's Andy Reid. Okay. And I thought the way he handled that was great. But just when it comes to Shanahan and McVay, yeah, McVay, he has the play calling chops, but also he's got that leader. I mean, it, look, you need guys, Super Bowl winners, they lead men to these championships right and it's just the margins are thin sometimes you do need that emotional push it's not about just completely always being in your head and thinking of these genius play calls sometimes look every now and then phil jackson you don't need to be a rah-rah guy to inspire motivate your players but sometimes it feels like i don't want to say there's a disconnect or anything like that but he's always right there right by the sideline, calling plays. I mean, how many times do you see Shanahan going to the bench, talking to guys, inspiring? I mean, it just doesn't feel like 
his that's where his mind at. He just expects that from his players, right? Expects them to be motivated because they're NFL players. But I think McVay, he has that great sense of doing exactly what he needs to do for those moments. McVay has energy, like a, a charisma about him that, that, that just kind of comes off of him, even when he's not on the sidelines necessarily. You know, I haven't spent a ton of time with Sean McVay, but I've spent enough time with him to know that even when he's just walking from one drill to another, he's walking from, you know, a, a practice to a, do an interview with the 710, the radio station I work with. It's just there's this energy that comes off of him that I would imagine directly translates to the players and they can feed off that as well. And, you know, I haven't spent any time with Kyle Shanahan. I don't know if he has any of that. It doesn't appear that he does that, that just that charisma but, um, you know, they got another look at it. They had another 10-point lead, and they're going home disappointed all over again for the second time. That's that's a lot. And it is not easy to get back to that Super Bowl no. when you lose. And I think if you're the Rams right now, all the momentum you have, having a surprising 10-win season, making the playoffs, finding Puka, Nakua, and all these young guys that you drafted, they're developing. You have cap space. You're going to get guys back, and Stafford's healthy. I think everything is primed for a Rams run. And, hey, just to end this, Hey, Shanahan, you are not sitting at McVay's table. Like I said, you put Kyle <laughs> Shanahan's rings in a box. You know, you have an empty box. That's what we do for this episode of Locked on Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And as always, the legend, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him at Travis Rogers. Until next time, whose house? It's Locked on Rams' house.